time to check in with Rick, who's on Little Sleep, because I hear he was at the Michel Buble concert. I was. It was an outstanding concert at Rogers Arena. As you know, Roggie, when you work in morning radio, uh, late nights are a challenge. And uh, it was a challenge for me. But here I am, bright-eyed and, well, sort of bright-eyed. But uh, Buble was great, a hometown guy and uh, putting on a fabulous show. Uh, Rudy did a super job. And he crossed all generations. There were a lot of young people there. There were a lot of old people there. There were a lot of in-between people there. And he was just exceptional. So uh, well worth seeing. Uh, well worth it, and he's kicking off a worldwide tour right now, and uh, good for the world because uh, it was an outstanding show. Oh, that's so good to hear. Now let's talk movies, shall we? Uh, gotcha. We are in October, so that means we can officially start talking about Halloween, and you've got a horror movie to tell us about called Smile. Yes, this is a really interesting one. It's a horror thriller, Raji, and it introduces, to a, it introduces us to a gifted doctor named Rose Cotter, uh, she's a mental therapist. She's played by Soshi Bacon from Mayor of East Town and the Scream series. Uh, she's also the daughter of actors Kevin Bacon and Kyra Sedgwick. Well, she witnesses a bizarre and highly traumatic incident involving a patient. Uh, she finds that it leaves her in an unimaginable state. When the nightmares begin, she soon has difficulty determining what state she's in, asleep and dreaming or awake and experiencing the heights of horror. And as viewers of this film, we're not sure either. We're not sure what's real and what's not real. It's written and directed by Parker Finn, and it's an expansion on his short film from two years ago called Laura Doesn't Sleep. It expands on the premise in which the traumatized woman seeks help from a therapist who may or may not be real. Now, as Rose's mind seems to be turning on her, she realizes she has to confront some buried issues from her past in order to assure herself of a future. It is a very unusual movie. It's got some great twists and turns. It is rated 14A. It's called Smile, and it did very, very well at the box office. In fact, it's a a very meager production budget. It made all of its money back and then some its first weekend out, and it'll all be gravy from here on, Raji. Okay, and then how about Judd Apatow's latest? Well, how about this? This movie's called Bros, and uh, you mentioned that it's been getting a lot of notice, and it certainly has. Uh, Judd Apatow of uh, Superbad, the 40-year-old virgin, knocked up, is the producer here. And when he's involved in a project, you know you're going to have a movie with an edge, with some very mature themes, often in a very immature way, and a film that offers some laughs, some of which may be too embarrassing to acknowledge. That's what we have here, is the story explores two men with commitment problems who try to embark on a relationship with one another. All of the principals in this movie, all the principal actors are LGBTQ people. They are Aaron and Bobby here, played by Luke McFarlane and Billy Eichner, respectively. Eichner co-wrote the script. Uh, the women in their lives, as they appear, are played by Deborah Messing from Will and & Grace and Kristen Chenoweth from Glee and Schmigadoon. And they see the relationship issue as an accident waiting to happen. This one's billed as a comedy romance. It carries an R rating in the U.S. Now, R means in the States that nobody under 17 is allowed in the theater without being accompanied by an adult. In Canada, it's rated 14A, so that's uh, nobody 14 and younger. Uh, It also offers up some interesting roles for Harvey Fierstein, some other cameos. Uh, Interesting film. Uh, It did not do well at the box office. This is the first time that a gay-themed movie has had a major studio behind it, a major advertising budget, and has been a big, big picture, big in every sense of the word. But audiences did not gravitate to this one, at least not in the first weekend, Raji. So uh, that's called bros. It's not for everybody, but for those who it's for, you'll find that it's funny, 
uh, and it's uh, edgy and it's just uh, unusual. Uh, and that's in theaters right now, Raji. I got to say, I'm kind of surprised that it didn't do better in its first week just because it had so much hype going into it, so much promo, lots of people talking about it. Yeah, and you're right. And the box office is always the main arbiter of this. Uh, you know, the box office says all. And I was surprised, too. I thought given all of the promotion, all of the appearances on all of the talk shows, all yeah. of the talent behind this movie, uh, it would have done very well. But uh, as of yesterday, it was sitting at around $4 million as compared to $19 million for Smile. So that's oh, wow. a good indication as to the audience here, Raji. Okay. And The Good House? Um, you got me here. The uh, Hold on. Let me just... Uh, I, I had one of those things where my computer blipped. I got it. No, I I got it. The Good House is based on a best-selling novel. This is also in theaters by Anne Leary. It's a dramatic comedy. It stars Sigourney Weaver as a character named Hildy Good. She's a New England realtor whose life begins to unravel when she develops a relationship with her old-school frame Frank, uh, played by Kevin Kline. Hildy is a descendant of the Salem witches. She likes her wine. She likes to keep secrets. And she has a nice compartmentalized life until her entwinement with one person's reckless behavior and a number of family secrets forces her to face the person that's most dangerous to her, and that's Hildy herself. Uh, This one's got some good talent behind it, but again, uh, the early box office, uh, pretty slim here. Not a lot of people have gone to see this one. That's called The Good House. It is in theaters right now. And judging from how I had to jog your memory, not necessarily one we have to all run out to see, I guess. Yeah, and thanks for the jog. I, my computer <laughs> needed a jog, too. You're absolutely you right. Watch, I mean, you watch a lot of movies, so you're forgiven. Now, uh, on Netflix, Blonde is streaming, and I know that one is getting a ton of attention. This is the one about Marilyn Monroe. Yes, it is getting a ton of attention. You're right. This is the first Netflix movie with an NC-17 rating in the U.S., That's one step beyond an R rating that the most explicit films receive. This is the dramatized story of the life of Marilyn Monroe. It's one of the most anticipated Netflix titles this year. It's based on the best-selling novel by Joyce Carol Oates. It's directed by Andrew Dominic, and it is a largely fictionalized version of the turbulent years of Norma Jean Baker. The abuse that she dealt with, the family challenges she faced on her way to becoming Marilyn Monroe, with her marriages to the rich and the famous, her dalliances with presidents and the crown heads of Europe, and her ultimate downfall. Anna de Armas from Knives Out is Norma Jean here. Oscar winner Adrian Brody is the playwright, clearly a facsimile of her third husband, Arthur Miller. And Bobby Cannavale is her ex-athlete first husband, who is actually baseball great Joe DiMaggio. That marriage lasted just 274 days. Many characters, real and created for this movie, show up, and much of what occurs is based on supposition and of the possible, not necessarily of the factual. It's an 18A rating here for Canada, so uh, for those of you with younger kids, you want to be aware of that. That's called Blonde. It's on Netflix, and it is, as I said, a much-anticipated movie, Raji. Yeah, it's interesting. One of the threads I was reading about it, one of the kind of strange criticisms I saw about the film was that it romanticizes women's emotional pain. And I thought, well, I mean, she was this, Marilyn Monroe was this, she's, was this fascinating historic figure who was kind of a predecessor in celebrity and what celebrity would become. Yeah, that is true. I absolutely agree with that. And um, uh, what's interesting here further is that because it's fictionalized, And because it's done in such a fashion as to thread in real people, you're not sure if what you're seeing 
actually happened or comes out of the mind of the writer. And as often as not, it comes out of the mind of the writer. So don't go into this one on Netflix thinking that it's a documentary because it certainly is not. It is highly dramatized. And it's one person's view based on her novel as to what might have, could have, would have happened in the life of this young woman. Okay, good tip. We'll keep that in mind when we watch it. That's about all the time we have today. Rick, thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks, Raji. Bye-bye.